Good morning. How's it, everybody? How's it? My name is CJ. For those who don't, meet, know, don't know me, I'm uh, CJ Jonker. For the more Afrikaans-oriented folks, uh, CJ stands for Kresian. That is the language I speak at home, and it's also the language I revert to once I don't know the English word for something. So if I suddenly use an Afrikaans word, it's because my English cannot come to the phone right now. But I'll be, I'll be back on track soon enough. Um, so yeah, just a, a little bit about myself. I am a, a web developer, that is my day job. I actually work with Mr. Alec over there. He's a pretty cool guy. Um, yeah, he's like a cool dude. So I'm a, a web developer by day, and by night I, I sleep sometimes <laughs> when I'm not sort of doing music until an unreasonable hour, which is also something I really love. I'm very passionate about music. Uh, you guys might have seen me play drums from time to time, and then I usually pull like a really aggressive looking face. I'm not angry, I, I'm really just sort of enjoying the moment and I'm super passionate, so, so yeah, I'm never, never angry up there. But yeah, um, I serve as a, as a deacon in the church um, and I, I got saved in 2018, that's when I gave my life to the Lord. Um, I joined the church through youth, I started as a teenager there and um, yeah, I started serving on the worship team and yeah, uh, after I finished high school I, I served as a youth leader uh, in the church for about three years, I got prayed out last year. And uh, yeah, now I'm up here uh, preaching to you guys today. <laughs> so I want to start us off with a, a scripture in Philippians 4 verse 4, uh, 4, 4 to 6, which reads as follows. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What a scripture. <laughs> One I know quite well, because I've sat in front of it quite often, um, seeking the Lord in times of distress or fear or anxiety. Um, and there's, there's two main standouts for me in this. is The, the first part, which is the rejoice bit. Um, Paul even repeats himself by saying, you know, again, I will say rejoice. And writers will often try to emphasize a point by using repetition. I mean, if you think of any song, uh, the first part you usually remember would be the chorus because it repeats and it's usually quite catchy. So, so repetition is often a, a tool for emphasis. And I, I feel Paul is quite keen on making this point of rejoice in the Lord always. And the, the second thing that, that stands out is be anxious for nothing. Wow, how? <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> Um, and both of these are also, it, it's not really written as suggestions, um, it's, it's, he's making statements. He's not suggesting, hey, maybe don't be anxious, uh, or hey, maybe rejoice, it's rejoice and be anxious for nothing. How on earth do you do that? <laughs> that seems impossible. And I think this scripture is something I have dropped the ball on several times. I think in this week, I just like totally failed. Um, so last, last week, Sunday, Kevin asked me if I can preach this coming Sunday. And I thought, is there no one else? Eh? Um, but yeah, sure. <laughs> but I was like, I, I'm keen, I'm keen, just a bit nervous, but it's cool. And um, that Sunday, I felt the Lord just drop this topic into my heart of um, rejoice in the storm. I thought, okay, at least it's clear direction, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, Monday comes along, and I think, cool, Monday night, I'm going to knock this preach out. It's going to be cool. It's going to be lacquer. And then Monday comes, and so do the storms. So <laughs> Monday starts, and it's one of those days where you just sort of, you know, 
Things are just going wrong. It's like a bazillion degrees outside. It's stuffy. It's hot. I'm irritated. It feels like I'm doing everything wrong at work. It's like, I'm, what's going on? I'm just so not myself. I'm not, not doing so, so well. I'm not keeping cool. Um, and after work, I need to just go and pick something up at the mall. So I drive to the mall, purchase the item. And I get back in my car and shh, nothing. Next. Now, I know nothing about cars. Like, I, I know that they have four wheels sometimes. Um, and they drive and they have engines and those kind of things. But I was quite chuffed with myself because I was like, even though I know nothing about cars, I'm like pretty sure it's the battery. Turns out it was the battery. And my battery died. So cool stuff. And so in that moment, I could see like, okay, Sunday I'm preaching on rejoicing the storm. Now this is happening. Okay. Lord, I can very clearly see you are working. I can very clearly see what's happening. Thank you for this. So, you know, some, some little bit of rejoicing. But then, I'll be honest, in that moment, I was irritated, man. Like, I was super frustrated with, man, this is just, this sucks. And so, in that moment, I don't think I was rejoicing in the Lord always. I was rejoicing in the Lord somewhat. So now, why am I telling you this story? It's quite a, a silly example and also not really something one would consider a proper storm of life, you know. I, th I think that those days, those sort of smaller storms are quite crucial for, for us as people and us as believers because there's a scripture in, in Luke 16 verse 10 that says the following, um, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. And it's a concept, a biblical concept that I just really love and, and have always tried to keep in mind whenever I approach anything is if you're faithful with if I can be faithful with something small, then I can be faithful with something bigger. And if you can be faithful with the storm of your car battery dying, then you can be faithful with the storm of your car completely crashing or, you know, whatever the next storm is going to be. Um, so, I, I, yeah, like being faithful with the little storms because they tend to build up. Um, yeah. piece of advice Milo gave me was to take pauses during my preach and like a water break is a pretty effective pause because like what am I, what else am I supposed to do <laughs> so my heart for this message would really be just to bring some encouragement to someone if I can um, and and that's yeah that's really what I, I hope for this message and what I want to look at is is our storms and also our rejoicing what is what does that look like and I feel like this is portrayed very well in the Psalms um, the Psalms, many of them were written by David, and David is like, he's the man, like he's the guy, you know, like he killed Goliath, and he's the man after God's own heart, he's, he's that guy, and he wrote many of the Psalms, but when you read the Psalms, you really see a lot of David's humanity and his character, so I want to look specifically at Psalm 31 for this, uh, in verse 9 to 10, it says the following, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and body also, for my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. David's not doing well. <laughs> He's in a bit of a storm. And what I love about this is how open David is. He very just straight up tells God, this is how I feel. He's very open, and, and this happens often in the Psalms. Just to, to name two more examples, in Psalm 38, verse 10, it says, My heart throbs, my strength fails me, and the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. 
And in, in Psalm 142 verse 2, it says, I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. David is very open with the Lord. He's very openly telling God exactly how he feels. And he never diminishes his own sorrow or his own troubles or, or sweeps it under the rug. He brings it to God and says, this is how I feel. And what's interesting is you can see throughout the Psalms, there's a, a bit of a pattern that starts to form. So where in verse 9 to 10, David starts by saying, you know, my eye is wasted from grief. My, my life is spent in sorrow. He seeks the Lord. And as he seeks the Lord, he gets to a turning point. And this is a turning point you can see through many of the Psalms. In verse 14 to 15, it says, But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. His eye is still wasted from grief, and his life is still spent with sorrows. That's not been set aside or... You know, that is still true, but he's lifted his gaze. So he's, he's not swept his problems under the rug. He's not said, oh, I guess my problems aren't that bad. It's, no, no, he, he's very real with God. He says, this is what I'm struggling with. And then as he puts down that which he's struggling with at God's feet, he lifts his gaze and then he can see the Lord. And then his, his, his perspective shifts from my eyes wasted from grief to, but I trust in you, O Lord. And it doesn't end there, it continues. David continues seeking the Lord. He continues searching after him. And the psalm ends like this, verse 23 to 24. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all of you who wait for the Lord. So where David starts off in, my eye is wasted from grief, my life is spent with sorrows to, but God, I trust you. He ends at a place where he's encouraging others, where he can actually be an encouragement to those around him. Keep in mind, all of his sorrows, then the problem isn't suddenly resolved. The problem is still there. But David is rejoicing in the Lord. He's rejoicing in the storm. And, and this pattern in, in the Psalms of, you know, David bringing his sorrow to God, there being a turning point, it's something I've, I've seen in my own life, and I think many of us have seen in our own lives, is as we bring our troubles, our, our sorrow, our grief, what, whatever the case may be, to God, and we're, we're just very real about what we're feeling, from that point, God can actually do something about it. And from that point, we can actually lift up, lift our gaze to Him. Because if you're holding on to your sorrow and your grief, that's going to be your focus point. I'm very aware of this microphone because I'm holding it in my hand. But if I were to put it down, I would be much less aware of it. The microphone is still there. The microphone is still very real. But it's not in my hands. It's at God's feet. And now I can shift my focus. I'm being real and open with God has been something that I've, like, I've found so much freedom in in the last few months of just being very open to God, saying, Lord, I'm, I'm a bit down. I'm not doing well right now. Things suck. And then shifting my gaze. And I think something we as Christians can, can sometimes do is be almost afraid of our own emotions, afraid of our own stuff, because a lot of what we feel and a lot of what we think is very unchristian. It's very sort of unsanctified. But the fact of the matter is, it is there. If you are sad, that emotion is there. Sweeping it under the rug 
doesn't make it go away. And it's not necessary to sweep it under the rug. It's not necessary to just say, oh, my problems aren't that bad. No. Look at David. He's very open. It's okay for you to actually tell God that you're not doing well. You're not going to scare God off with your emotions because he's already aware of everything that's going on inside. The thing that happens when you're open about it, then something can be done. Because once you actually bring it to him and lay it at his feet, at that point, you're no longer holding on to it, and now he can do something with it. And there's two things that happen. Firstly, you put it down at his feet. Because now you're looking at God instead of your problems. Now you're rejoicing in the Lord, and then the Lord can actually work and help you through your storm and help you through your problems. But that all starts with the vulnerability of actually sharing what's going on inside, however scary that may be. And I think that starts by sharing with God, sitting at God's feet and saying, Lord, I'm struggling. Lord, I'm sad. Lord, I'm bitter. Lord, I'm angry. Because from that point, now he, he knows about it already, but now you've given it to him. Now I can do something about it. But also, Kevin spoke two weeks ago about walking out our own salvation, that each one walk out his own salvation. Our journey with the Lord is personal. We're walking with him, but it's not alone. I feel the, the disciples really dis- display this quite well. If you look at the storm they were in on the boat, they weren't each on their own separate boats in a different place. They were all together on one boat, and Jesus was with them. So we're surrounded by fellow believers. We're not doing this alone. And then Jesus is also with us in the boat. So sharing with God, that's the starting point, but also sharing with those around you. Being vulnerable with those around you and help, like in Galatians 6 verse 2, it says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're not supposed to carry all this stuff alone. We're actually there to support one another, you know. We're actually there to... Scoer on scoer, as the Afrikaans saying, you know, shoulder to shoulder, we're actually walking with one another. But no one can help you if you're not open about what's going on, you know. So it all starts there with that vulnerability. This is, uh, there's a beautiful quote at uh, 412, the conference we had last year. It's probably my biggest takeaway from the whole conference was just, Christianity is just a bunch of people helping each other home. And I thought it was so beautiful and so like, appropriate because at the end of the day, it's true. None of us have landed. None of us are like, absolutely solid. We're all going through stuff. We're all going through storms. We're all battling things. So we literally just shoulder to shoulder trying to carry one another home. So it starts with that. It starts with being open. It starts with actually laying your burdens at God's feet and sharing with those around you what you're going through. And from that place, that's where the rejoicing can actually start. That's where the rejoicing in the storm bit can actually come in. And I think something to keep in mind, rejoicing in the storm is not rejoicing over your circumstances because your circumstances generally are not things to rejoice over. Losing a loved one is not something to rejoice over. Being sick is not something to rejoice over. These, and that's not, the, that's not what we're doing. We're rejoicing over God. We're rejoicing over the Lord. Rejo- rejoicing in the Lord because He is worth rejoicing over. He is worth celebrating. Once again, never diminishing the actual problem at hand. Your circumstances are real. Your problems are real. We never diminish that. We never sweep it under the rug. But that's not what we're celebrating. We're celebrating God. We're rejoicing over Him. 
And rejoicing for me starts with thanksgiving. Giving thanks to God. For whatever you can find in that moment to give thanks to God for, do that. If it's the breath in your lungs, start there. If it's the fact that you've got food for the day, then start there. You know? It starts with thanksgiving. And if you've got nothing to be thankful for, and that's also real. There are times when we feel like we've got nothing to be thankful for. It's okay to actually say that. Like, I feel I've got nothing to be thankful for. That's real. Be real. Be open. And if you've got nothing to be thankful for, look to the cross. Because that, that's what this is all about at the end of the day. That's why we're all sitting here is the cross, the work on the cross. If you can be thankful for nothing, think of the cross. Think of Jesus, fully God, coming down to earth, becoming fully man, lived a perfect, sinless life, and then for that he was crucified. And that death was the death that was due for us. And once we accept that death, that becomes our salvation. Now we're saved by that death. Because now Jesus is standing in our place. So if you can think of nothing to be thankful for, remember that brilliant truth that is always true. Jesus dying on the cross for your sins will never not be true. That is always true. Through whatever storm you're going through, that is the truth. And that is always something we can be thankful for.